0: I was already always in right like that was in my family like I was already a part of that culture so in Spain when I tried out this project on teas I didn't have much idea like I, I enjoyed my teas but I didn't have any idea on how to blend those so we went to this uh, store uh, in Madrid a very very small family-run store we went there and uh, they said that you really need to tease? like let me introduce you to my tea sommelier so the tea sommelier was um, Helena uh, and uh, she joined on, un- joined in. We met her on a weekend. It was me and one of my uh, associates, Thomas. So the both of us went there to the tea somelier. We told her about um, how we want to learn about teas, and then did a couple of tastings with her. She she taught us about how blending is done. You can't just blend any tea with any spices, or any any dried flowers. There, you have to make sure that the flavor profile of the flowers matches the teas and the spices. No
1: rain. Well, folks. Welcome to the Narena Agarwal show. Today, I have with me a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine, who's an entrepreneur, passionate entrepreneur. I met him in Europe while we were traveling and we just hit a chord and we've been in touch since then. Um, this guy has started his own company and into the e-commerce business of gourmet teas and spices um, showing the world and India, the beauty of what India has to offer in terms of its spices and teas and blending them in unique ways. And more importantly, he is somebody I admire because of the way he travels. He's truly a traveler. Um, I really distinguish between tourism and travel. And this guy really brings forth the traveler aspect that I look into him. And that's why I'm inspired. My buddy, Ayush Gupta.
0: Ayush, bro, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Indre. It's it's a delight to be on the show. I've been watching this show for a very long time. It's it's great to be on it. It was lovely meeting you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for being here. You're shirt your
1: background everything is so well synced it looks like you're prepared (laughs) thank you (laughs) Um, all the way from Delhi so Ayushu and I met um, on a journey in Europe right
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and at that time you were studying and I was also studying in Europe right on this bus journey and we've always kept in touch since then and uh, it was cool I think when you came back and you had this idea we discussed about how you started this company Uh, so I was curious to have you on board and learn more about Tasyam, that's the brand and the company that you started. Right. Um, so I used to deep dive straight into it mm-hmm. after a great education in Europe, where you lived about two years in France, studied worked six months in Germany, six months in Spain, uh, in cities like Madrid and Palindra, coming to India, starting a company, how's that journey been? And what motivated you to start this business that you're right now into?
0: Right. So, um, it, it was a more of a reverse cultural shock for me when I came back to India. than it was a cultural shock when I moved to Europe. It was easier to slide into what's happening there. It was more comfortable there. When you're back in India, there, there is, there is uh, some stuff that you have to relearn that you, that you chose to forget when you okay. moved abroad. Where things are much easier, lifestyle is more happier. That's true. And it's great to be back home. It's great to live with, the, live with your family and the place that you've been living for all your, all, all your life. So they started. So I was doing this uh, master's in, in Europe of which uh, I took an exchange program in Spain and did a specialization in, in entrepreneurship. So there um, we had to work on our own projects. So it was just a class project. So I started this brand, Tassim and uh, initially started out with a couple of teas to experiment because tea was really catching up in that moment like um, exotic teas, oolong, white tea and green teas with uh, blends of rose and natural herbs. When we're getting into it, it's Started as a project, we launched it um, not initially, but initially we, we pitched it to our uh, to our class teachers uh, at uh, towards the end of the semester. Got great feedback from it. Uh, we also got to pitch it to a couple of uh, big companies uh, in Spain. So we had a complete pitch round there, and we got really good feedback. So I thought that why not come back to India and actually started out. So. Um, so you came up with this
1: idea of gourmet tea's as a as a college project.
0: As a college project,
1: And guess. got great feedback. So you thought, wow, wow might as well uh,
0: go out of the simulation mode and go into action mode, in real life mode. Right, right. Wow. So we got to scale up. So we, when I started out, it was just me. So we, I had a very small office, about 160 square feet. And it was just me. I was the employee, I was the manager, I was the packaging guy, I was doing everything. So I was getting like, what, one or two orders a day and um, barely 20, 25 orders per month initially. We just teased, and then we grew into more products. We got really good feedback. into the our packaging, changed our products, added more products. So now we have about 200 products. We um, have a, a manufacturing unit uh, in, in a food park industrial area, and we we fulfill um, 15 to 20,000 orders a month. So it it has been a great journey. That way, wow! It really did bootstrap from the. So,
1: so like starting with 160 square feet office, one or two orders in a day. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you're doing 15 to 20,000 orders a month. Right. With over 200 products yes. and all our niche and sort of gourmet sort of products.
0: Yes. So what we do is, so what we focus on is um, a lot on health. So we don't, uh, so, you know, if you buy something as basic as a garam masala from any brand, um, you'd find uh, cheaper products than ours. But then if you read the ingredients clearly, you'll see coriander powder or salt added to it. So those are just pillars which bring down the potency of the spice mixtures, but reduces the price also. So we don't do that. So we only focus on the higher quality products and uh, made this real ingredients. No no chemicals, no preservatives, nothing at all. Just, just pure products delivered to you. So we, we cater to an audience which is uh, conscious about their health and they don't uh, mind paying an extra buck to get quality products.
1: Wow. And you're mainly um, probably shipping to a lot of the cities in India, right? Uh, because here is where that conscious consumer is who really cares about their health and can also afford... You
0: know, a uh, uh, more niche and higher yeah. quality product. So we we ship all across India, and uh, we so uh, surprising there's a, there's a lot of uh, orders from uh, tier two and tier three cities also. So people there who have um, the 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 budget to buy such products, they they are uh, they are learning about how health is important and how they should uh, be, be conscious about buying the right products also. There's a lot of orders from there also. But then again, we've also started started exporting uh, to the US and certain countries in Europe through online tools like Amazon.
1: Wow, no need of Vasco da Gama. We're sending the spices now. (laughs) Come to us. We got it. (laughs) That's awesome, bro. Brother, I want to learn a little more about spices uh, because it's something that we hear about in general. Spice blends, this, that. Um, But what really goes on in blending spices Why are certain products um, so used like the Garam Masala? What's the science behind blending spices and why are they such a big business?
0: See, blending spices, something that can be done at home also. What we do is we add convenience. So we add value by adding, uh, by giving you convenience to the consumers. What we do is, so you can, you can make your own Garam Masala. You can get the ingredients from us. So we do whole spices and we do and mixes also. You may order uh, whole spices, grind them by yourself at home, but it's it's hard to get the right proportions all the time to get consistency. So that's where we jump in. So we have our age-old recipes. So we have been involved in the spice trade and spice business since 1921. So um, we, we that's, know that's about a hundred years. Yes, yes, it's it's a hundred years now. Wow. So we we know the recipe we know what blend what is the correct blend of spices that's required which would add flavor to your dishes. So that that's that's all about it. But if we, we go one step further so our core product is hing. Hing is something that we've been excelling in asafoetida yes. so the the scientific term is perula asafoetida it's it's a plant it's primarily grown in um uh, in uh, Afghanistan, Iran, uh, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, and all that, um, all that region. So it, it comes in a gum form. Um, surprisingly, it's not used there. It's not eaten there. It's only consumed primarily in India. Yeah, yeah. We are trying to um, make that go abroad. So a, a lot of our consumers in the US are Americans are not Indians. They're Americans who want to switch to asafoetida because of its health benefits. And the way it smells and the, and like, you know, if, if you eat garlic, then you reek of garlic, if you reek of onion, but that doesn't happen with heat. So once you've consumed it, then there's no, um, bad odor coming out of your mouth. And it has amazing digestive benefits. So coming back to the blending. So, um, that oleoresin has to be blended with wheat and, um, another, uh, oleoresin from, uh, similar regions to prepare what we call in India as bandhani heat, bandhani or bandhani heat, which is compounded heat. So that blending is done to reduce the potency of the hing. Because if you, it's so strong, if you, um, if you just like take, take a sniff of it, like whiff of it, very close to your mouth in in its raw form, it will burn your nose. So it has to be toned down. It has to be toned down, brought down to, um, to a potency where it can be used easily by the consumers. And also like hing, hing is a, hing is a brilliant thing. So it's, it's, it's like mangoes. So, you know, in, in mangoes, you have like 10s twen- of 20s of varieties, langra and safeda and the sherry. Similarly, we have a lot of varieties of hing. So we have to cherry pick. So hing is so particular. Why? Because you have to cherry pick the right varieties and blend them together first to bring out the flavor. Oh, wow. You can't just take out, take out any hing and then just blend it with wheat and then you have it. No, it doesn't work that way. So you have to, so like I was formally trained by my grandfather for about two, two and a half years before I could understand what hing is and how to understand which Hing to blend with the other Hing and then what product you get in the end. So to get to that flavor profile, that will go with, with a certain dish. Then we create that.
1: So, so that's for 100 years, yeah, your family is into the spices trade and Hing is one of your master products that you guys really excel at. Right.
0: Hing is a resin uh, from a plant. From a plant. So you wow. cut the root of the plant and then that resin comes out. So that resin wow. is then blended to tone down the potency and that's what you get. It's dried to become a powder. What was that process like learning about different sort of
1: uh, heings and blending that with your grandfather?
0: It took a lot of time. So we had to do blind tests. Like it took me two years to understand what heing is what and how to differentiate because there, there are certain nuances that if you miss out on them, if you mi- blend the wrong varieties of heing and the wrong batches, then it totally destroys the end result. And making one batch of heing can take any day, anywhere between one week to two months. So there's a lot of lot of stuff a uh, lot of secret uh, recipes and procedures that, that go into it to prepare that perfect blend of heing that you get
1: wow and what are some health benefits for people who don't know about heing so much and we just hear it passing the end for the international audience that's probably never heard of heing before right. a, right. yeah what are some health benefits
0: why do people consume and how do they consume it right so in, in europe it's called the devil's dung because <laughs> <laughs> devil, um, because people are uh, so um, i think some some old french uh, uh, chef named it as the devil's drum because it's too strong a smell for them <laughs> <laughs> like in the roman era hing was used in food back then also um now about the health benefits um, it 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 has antibiotic properties also the first thing that that's great for you is first the flavor it is, the, is the first thing that you understand right but after that the health benefits come in so it helps you digest your food it helps with uh, relieving bloating. Um, again, it has antibiotic properties if, you, if you're um, um, suffering from certain illnesses. And uh, it, it's great for your skin. It has a lot of antioxidants. So it's, it's 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 a complete superfood. And the great thing is that you just have to add a pinch to your food and then that's it.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense because I remember even my mom when she cooks dal or the Indian lentil, uh, she always adds a hing and I think everybody in India always adds a pinch of hing in the dal which might not be as easily digested but she says adding hing makes right. the dal right. and uh, the lentil much easily digestible by your system so exactly. and she literally adds a pinch and yeah, i was wondering, like how does that actually help but, right. but what you say and it's an age old thing in india right anybody who's making dal anywhere uh, uh, always adds hing
0: right our hing is now used for um, like making Western dishes also in the US. Like we, we heard from a consumer that they added hing to, uh, to their pastas or to their sandwiches, like just a pinch of it. So that there are new uses, uses coming out. You don't have to use it. You don't have to go, to the, go through the pain of cutting onions or garlic. You start a bit of hing to your dishes and then you're good to go. Wow.
1: So that's interesting actually, right? So for people who don't really go for onion and garlic and mm-hmm. who want to avoid that odor or just don't have a preference for it, if they add hing, it adds that oomph.
0: To the food and that kind of a um, a, a flavor to the food. That yeah. So a lot of people from the Gen community who do not use garlic on anything, they use hing a lot. Okay. is the main ingredient because otherwise, how do you get the flavor? That there is no other way. So hing is a very very key ingredient for for the Gen community.
1: Wow, guys, for who those who haven't ever smelled hing, I don't even know how to describe it. It's very unique, uh, and if you taste it in food, it's very different. Uh, you can't. Uh, just have it like that, but when you add it to food, it, it just brings out a whole different flavor and right. adds so much food to the food. Like it's almost like a small magic powder.
0: <laughs> like I, I generally keep a, a small bottle of it in my laptop bag and in my, in my study also. I, I'm i just addicted to do it, so I just keep on snipping on it every now and then. <laughs> I'm not sure if everyone's going to do that, but <laughs> but I don't. But that's how much in love with Hing I am.
1: What's really unique is I always thought Hing is very like Indian like, but I, I'm surprised to hear that it actually grows in Afghanistan and all these regions. Yes. Do you, do you know like about the history? Like was it actually brought by them or we've
0: always used it? Um, so there was a lot of trade happening, right? And a lot of uh, the, our ancestors probably also came from Persia and around the, those right. areas. So they brought it from there. But it was never used there. They, they tried to grow Hing in India. They're having several projects in which in which they've tried, but they've always failed because the weather that's required, the perfect weather is the weather that you find in those countries. You cannot just replicate it here. It's the soil, the weather, everything. No matter what you try, it wouldn't be the same flavor. And flavor is the key part of it. You cannot have just any flavor. Even if it has the health benefits of it, the flavor can, can make or uh, make or break your dishes.
1: Wow. Coming to e-commerce, heing is a very traditional sort of item in India, right? Traditionally sold in stores or grocery stores, etc. Coming to e-commerce and um, selling spices or even tea, Mm -hmm. what's that like? How does that change? How does the equation change for you as somebody who's selling these products on e-commerce? What's something you got to do differently uh, in the 21st century to be able to make these products available?
0: Um, okay, so a lot of Hing that you find in the market is not of the best quality. A lot of consumers online are those consumers who are looking for quality products. To reach out to those consumers, online platforms were the best for us. Um, if you go back to 2017 is when we started, Hing wasn't a big part of e-commerce sales for any platform be it Amazon or Flipkart. So our brand was the brand that started it all on, on e-commerce for Hing. You could find uh, one or two uh, major players making um, cheaper hings available for that mass he mass market hings. They were there, but there wasn't a market of market for it because people, though, those hardcore consumers who want really quality products, they couldn't find the right things there. So we started all out. So we went on to Amazon, we pr- products, supplied our products there. We saw more brands coming in, which is always great to have more competition. There was more competition, there was more consumers, there was more brands, there were more con- consumers. It was just... Um, a, a big crazy chain reaction that the ha- that happened on um, e-commerce platforms. Then you got contacted by Amazon's CloudTail. So our hing was one of the top-selling uh, hing uh, on Amazon. So now we supply directly to CloudTail, which is Amazon's own company. So they uh-huh. buy it, and then they supply it. They market it for us. Marketed for us also. So that's how it's all, it all started. And then we now we have a, um, a very loyal consumer base for us who buy our heen then also our different products be it dry fruits or spices or tea coffee anything so we have our own consumer base there
1: and that's Tasyam right
0: Tasyam
1: so that's the brand name that you sell your heen with too right coming to teas okay I'm intrigued by teas and I know you, you we were speaking earlier and you have Helena as in I think you met her in Spain and she's one of the tea sommeliers that really helped you understand about tea mixing tea bro is this a fad or is this real like does like does it actually take so much to blend teas right. what is it like what's the science behind it i don't get any of it It, it just it me.
0: <laughs> right. so okay so um spices i was already always in right like that was in my family like i was already a part of that culture so in spain when i tried, tried out this project on teas i didn't have much idea like I, I enjoyed my teas but i didn't have any idea on how to blend those so we went to this uh, store uh, in madrid a very very small candy run store we went there and uh, they said that are you really into teas? Like, let me introduce you to my tea sommelier. So the tea sommelier was, um, Helena. Uh, and, uh, she joined on, joined in. We met her on a weekend. It was me and one of my uh, associates Tomash. So the both of us went there to the tea sommelier. We told her about, um, how you would want to learn about teas. And then we did a couple of tastings with her. She, she taught us about how blending is done. You can't just blend any tea with any spices, or any, any dried flowers. There You have to make sure that the flavor profile of the flowers matches the teas and the spices. So we, so initially in the first uh, six months when I came back and I launched this brand, before launching any of the teas, I made a blend, couple of blends by myself. I sent them to Spain to Elena for her to try it out. 90% of them failed. She's like, no, this does not work. This does not, does not work. This will not work. It's a really bad blend. And I was like, I, I wasn't very happy about it initially. I was like, why? It's, it's just mixing stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's not how it works. So we had to select certain types of green teas from certain, um, or white teas or oolong teas from certain gardens, which would have a flavor that would be complemented by the flowers or the spices that we add. So that's really important, and that's something that you only understand by experience and um, by having someone like Elena in our team to for us to understand. So there, there, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say uh, theoretical science that goes into it, but there's a lot of uh, Uh, sensory science that goes into it for you to understand how how and what to blend together. Wow. Bro, and in general,
1: for a layman to understand, what's the difference between like Oolong tea, green tea, these new teas that are coming up?
0: um, What's
1: the general difference? Oolong, green, white tea, or like the black tea that we're served in India?
0: I'll give you an idea about it. So what happens is uh, tea, uh, the, the scientific term for tea is Camellia sinensis. So, any tea that you'd find be it white, black, oolong, green, it's all camellia sinensis. It's the same thing. It depends on how it's grown, for how long it's grown, and how it's processed. It is the same thing. It comes from the same plant. Okay. White tea and your black tea both grow on the same plant from the same seed. Okay. They grow, and then you pluck them at a certain time. So, white tea is very, very immature. So, you pluck it initially. Black tea and green tea are a bit more fermented. Green teas have to be. Um, I have to be um, walked, uh, they have they have to be um, cooked on a walk and then rolled together to, to form green teas. So initially they, they, they're all the same things, but it's the process that goes into picking them out and um, creating that end product. Now, coming back to what you find as black tea in India, the, the small tea balls that's called CTCT. So CTCT is again the same thing, but what we do in CTCT is that, so, Say, imagine that the, flower, the, the tea plant is about three feet high for white tea. You'll only pick the top few petals. So you'll hand pick the top few petals. When you, if you chop the entire tea, entire tree, which includes the stalk and stem also, and then um, you ferment it and then you roll it in CTC machines. That's what you, what becomes your CTCT. Oh. So it's it's stronger also, of course. Because it's it's processed. It's not it's not artificially processed by adding anything to it. It's just that it's rolled and then it's broken and it's cut and it's twisted and that becomes CTCT. It's
1: so almost that, like a sausage of a tea. It's like everything together.
0: Right, 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 right. That that's exactly that. That's what it is. <laughs> okay, cool. And so what do you, sorry? So that's the black tea. Right, but then you also hear, hear about herbal teas these days, right? People want uh, decaffeinated teas. So um, in all honesty, it shouldn't be called tea. That's called tea sand. Anything that's tea is Camellia sinensis. Whatever comes from that plant is tea. Whatever does not come from that plant but can be brewed, that's called a tea sand. So you can have chamomile tea sands or hibiscus or lavender or spearmint and rose and stuff. So you can also brew them, uh, but you wouldn't get the health benefits that you would get from the tea. But you, certain people might choose to go for a tea sand because of their requirements for that product. But it's best to blend tea and tea-san and to make a combined blend together.
1: Got you. Exactly. So the hibiscus tea, etc., it's basically just a brew. It gives you the feel for a tea because it's hot and it's got flavor, but it's actually not tea. It won't give you the effects and the benefits of a tea and doesn't right. have caffeine. But right. we call it tea just for convenience.
0: Right. right, right, right. Which is not wrong, but it's 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 not technically, right? It's not technically correct. Exactly. And brother, what's oolong tea? Oolong tea again um, is a, is a a longer fermented green tea. So, oh, it's, it's, yeah, so it's it's falls in the same spectrum. So there is white, there is black, there is green, there is oolong, there's also puerh tea. pu tea is something that that's um, uh, compressed and then stored for a couple of years. It's aged and then that becomes pu tea. But in uh, uh, but together all of it's the same thing.
1: It's just different stages.
0: Right, right awesome. That gives me more clarity on tea. the same for wine, right? So like white wine, black wine, red wine. It's, it's all, so you can make all of these three wines from black grapes. But it's the, it's the how, how much tannins you uh, let, it, let stay in the wine and how, how long the fermentation process is that makes different sorts of wines.
1: Wow. Okay. This is a whole different world. And it, it requires a lot of... What, what I loved about what you said is it requires sensory knowledge.
0: Right. It's right. really
1: knowledge of the senses and right. I guess that's why uh, you really need, need to have uh, a lot of that training that you went through with yeah. your grandfather or like having a T-Sommelier on board and learning from her and going back and forth um, Right. and and what's really beautiful about what I hear from you is that there is no exact right or wrong. Of course, there are basic principles that if you these to go, it's absolutely wrong, right. but then there is also no right and wrong. So it's really an open play and feel, right? You can mix different totally, sorts of things. Mix totally. Sort of totally. Like it's open to interpretation. Yeah. It's open right. to interpretation. It's really a creative feel in, in that sense.
0: Yes. 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 Wow. Totally.
1: Wow. So it's it's on one way we hear like, yeah, the teas and the spices business and e-commerce selling, but then there's a whole creativity behind it. That was at the back I end. Was, yes. That you wouldn't think of and that I, I wouldn't yeah. think of. Right. Was awesome.
0: right. <laughs> now people will think of after watching your show. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's pretty cool that's pretty cool. What's your favorite tea or blend that you like to have?
0: Uh, I would say shanti Camomile. Okay. Uh so its it's a blend of silver needles white tea so silver needles white tea is the is the epitome of white tea it's very nascent buds and then it's blended with uh, whole dried chamomile flowers and rose petals
1: okay
0: so we make a blend by the name of shanti Chamomile. It's called Shanti because it's a very, very calming and relaxing tea. It's something that you can drink before sleeping also. And chamomile, of course, induces sleep. And white tea is is, is not too much high on caffeine also. So it's, it's it's a great blend that we made. We called it Shanti because my father's name is Shanti Sarup, So we, we called it Shanti. He has a very calm personality. So we thought, that, okay, let's let's name it Shanti.
1: That's awesome. Guys, Shanti chamomile tea, right? Right. Nice. So that's that's got a blend of these...
0: Niche
1: um, silver needles, white tea,
0: ne- silver needles,
1: silver needle, white tea. Okay, silver needle, white tea, some
0: rose and chamomile.
1: Rose and chamomile, nice, that sounds awesome. I'm not much of a tea person, but I might try that out actually.
0: You definitely, much, I should have bought that. To you. <laughs> I signed <it> first. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, bro. I use broke. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the traveling part. You're, mm-hmm. of course, you're an entrepreneur, the tea, spices, business, etc. But also a big part of you is a traveler. You've been to about 20 odd countries, uh, lived um, abroad. What inspires you to travel and why do you enjoy traveling so much?
0: So when I was in Europe, I I got to travel a lot to a lot of countries from there, from my base countries that I was living in. Uh, One of the best things that I saw by living in Europe was that every few kilometers, the country changes. Every hundred kilometers, the country changes, and then um, the, the cultures change. So, uh, before leaving for Europe, I learned a bit of French. Just for three months, I took a, took a course there, uh, learned the basics of French. And uh, when I moved there, I made made it a, a habit to to interact with more and more French people to to improve my language and to understand their culture, which is very very important. If you live in a country, and you really want to blend into in in with those people and and those people um, and and the um, the, the the cultures you have to understand the language you have to know the language you have to mold yourself according to them so i got to um travel to a lot of countries and then having learned their language uh, it opened up my brain a lot so if i if i traveled to uh, say so to amsterdam um i i would uh, try to pick up bits from their language also so it's a, so one, one really strange thing is so um in uh in netherlands uh orange juice is called Jus de orange Okay. Now, jus d'orange is a French word, which means juice of orange. It's called. It has the same exact same word in uh, Dutch, even though the languages are totally different. Why? Because when Napoleon went to uh, Netherlands, when when he captured that, so he took orange juice and then some certain words from from um, France, France, to, France to, to. Dutch, yeah. So th- those those little little experiences that I had that made me go deeper into languages and cultures. So I, I learned a bit of German also. Then a bit of Spain that made me want to travel to Spain. That's why I chose to live in Spain for a while because I learned a bit of Spanish, and a bit of German. So I uh, moved to Germany also. So I got to uh, I, I did a lot of solo trips from country to country. From I went to Poland and um, all of these countries: Belgium and. Uh, Portugal. So I had a lot of solo trips where I got to meet new people and by new people, it's local people that I met. So you you, you know a bit of that language, you can understand. So having learned three or four languages, you, you get to learn more languages just through those languages, just combine all those words together. And then you can speak a, a bit. Um, so if, if you know a bit of Dutch and a bit of English, then you can do a little bit of German. If you know Spanish, French and a bit of Italian, then you can do um, Portuguese also. So the, the best thing was to get to meet new people and uh, and experience uh, their their lifestyles and their lives. And that's what motivated me the most.
1: What I really loved about you is like the kind of attention that you paid to learning languages. Even I was in Europe, but I didn't put that much uh, attention and focus to learn the language, to be honest. Right. Uh, but what was really cool about you is I saw your phone and like whichever, and you told me this, whichever country you went to, the local right. there, you changed your phone language to that country's language. Yes. That's yes. so tough.
0: Right, because you're on the phone all the time, right? So if you're in a country and you're using that phone, you, you're seeing all those words, then you get accustomed to, those, to to reading those words and then it just makes it easier for you to to get by in that country. Guys, that's such a hack.
1: For those who want to pick up languages when you're traveling or you're in a country for a long time and you want to pick up the language, change the language on the phone if you're as bold as Ayush. I didn't have that boldness in me. Uh, <laughs> but that's awesome, bro. Thank you. I, you've told me this crazy story but i want you to repeat it and this is when i asked you what's one of the craziest trips that you've ever had this is a long story guys but i want i wanted you to tell it in detail this is too amazing a story for me and it really brings out the power of going with the flow in life sometimes you know not being so logical and thinking so much um and what that can lead you as long as you're aligned well in your heart and you go in with a happy heart so yeah. I, oh, tell
0: me the story, this crazy story, one of the craziest stories of your travels. This is one of the one of the most fun stories for me. Like uh, one of one of our friends might uh, might even write a book about it. It was, it was the craziest thing that we had. So we were living in Germany, right, in the city called Fallender. It's a small town with about eight thousand people in it. That's it. Yeah. So fifteen hundred were students, and s- well, the, the rest 6,500 6, people were um, retired German people living in that town. That's it. So it's it's a town between Cologne and Frankfurt. It's a very small town there. So, um, it was a weekend, it was a Friday or Thursday and my friends are like, I do want to, do you want to go to France right now? So I'm like, I'm Not sure. I have an exam on Monday. They're like, no, no, we, we just study for the exam later or do whatever. Let's, let's just go to France. I'm like, cool. So what's the plan? So they're like, no plan. Let's just go to France. I'm like, cool. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we went to a car rental service. Um, we asked for a car and they didn't have that car. So we were of course students, we had a low budget. So like, we will take a Volkswagen and they're like, you don't have a Volkswagen, but we like, no, we can see that on your platform that you do have a Volkswagen. So we will just book that on the platform. So we did so the website so on the website is showing there's a Volkswagen, but actually they don't have the Volkswagen don't have it right now. So we booked it and they're like, oh shit. So you've booked it, but now we have to give you a car. So here's your Mercedes. So Great. <laughs> <to give> <laughs> With That car. So that that's, that's, that's when the um, beauty of this trip began already. Yeah, things, things were getting in and place. I, yeah. So we, we took the car, we drove to uh, the city in France uh, called uh, Strasbourg. So we just landed to, we. it was a five, six hour journey. I don't remember, like it was a couple of hours that we drove to Strasbourg. And then we're like, cool, so we're in Strasbourg. Now what? Now we don't have a place to stay. So we we, we parked the car um, in, in one of the regular parking uh, lots there. We just randomly walking on the street searching for food. Really hungry, we had to find a place, but then we had to find food first. We were just walking on the street and then randomly one of my friends, so I was on an exchange in Germany, right, from France. So one of the friends who was traveling with me was on an exchange in Germany from Canada. Now, from his university, people were on exchanges in all the parts of the world. So one of his acquaintances that he did not know well, but he just knew that he has seen that face and that person has also seen my friend's face. So we met that person in Strasbourg. Wow. So your I'm friend just a- bumps into an acquaintance in yeah. Strasbourg
1: from her university. Right. From university, yeah.
0: Right. And uh, so, the, so that, that person that we bumped into is here and she's like, oh, wow, uh, great to meet you guys. So where are you staying? So you like, we don't have a place. So she's like, cool. So I have a place. So why don't you guys join me? So of course, the, the obvious answer was yes. We we will join you. We need a place because it's it's already the evening and we need a place to stay. We, we need right. shelter. So we went to her place and uh, she had. So it was uh, probably a Friday or a Saturday. So she she had a couple of friends over, like uh, ten friends over to her place at her place. Met them, um, chill out with them, and then they're How like, guys, are you guys, it's you, five, five of you, so five.
1: So you invite five. You go five guys, right?
0: Five guys at her place. <laughs> and then she has her friends over and then she's like, "Dude, you guys want to go clubbing? We're like, sure. Like, we'll be to have fun. So, so the club, so we're in Strasbourg right now, which is at the east of France. So the club is in Germany. So what happens is, so we went to a bus station in uh, Strasbourg. So a, spe- a special bus comes there, picks you up from France, takes you to Germany, you party there and then drops you back. <laughs> to France. So... We did that crazy night. The next day we wake up. We like, Oh shit. Now, now what, Where do, what do we, what do we do now? Like, we can't uh, be a burden on your friend for, for the entire weekend. so Let's go to some other place. So we were just like randomly searching places on, on the on Google maps. And we found that it's, a, it's a, there's a really cute town called Colmar. It's near Strasbourg, not too far, but not too close. Also, we drove there and We're like shit. We don't have a place to stay again. <laughs> what, what do we do? We went to a couple of bars. Uh, order a couple of drinks to get our heads together. <laughs> and uh, then we're like, okay, let's find a place. One of the friends suggested that how about we go to the Black Forest in Germany? So we didn't think much about it. we like, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Let's go to the Black Forest. So we drove to the Black Forest. Again, having no place to stay. So this, this friend uh, um, had this application in his phone called the couch surfing Couchsurfing yes. um, is a concept where you stay at uh, people's places or you, you become hosts or visitors for people. You don't charge them. You don't pay anything. You just socially stay at people's places and then you exchange stories. People
1: have used couchsurfing. Exactly. If you're going somewhere and you don't want to pay for a hotel and you want to meet somebody local, you just go on couchsurfing. See if in that town there's somebody uh, who's got a couch and they can just lend you their sofa and you can sleep and spend the time with them um, and leave. So you guys like looked up couchsurfing, right?
0: Yes, 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 yes. So one of my friends did. So uh, he, he found a person who's like, okay, cool. So I'm in this uh, town called uh, Schluchsi uh, in Germany, in the Black Forest. So you can just come over and sleep there. So he, he said that we have five guys. We need like five couches or beds or whatever. Sleeping bags would, would also do. So we drove to Schluchsi. It's already 10 p.m. And uh, we tried reaching out to that woman again on couch surfing. And then she stops responding. The only text we get from her is that... Um, I uh, that she she sent a GPS location that just come here and that's where you find the place so we're like cool but it's it's uh, that that GPS pinpoint that she sent that was in the middle of the forest somewhere like 5 kilometers from where we were at that moment so we're like yeah we don't have a place to stay anyway all the hotels are booked in this area there's no uh, guest houses or anything available so we drove to that point point. it's 10pm pitch dark small town you've yeah. never been there yeah. right so that, that small town probably had like 200-200 houses there so we went to this other even smaller place called Shonenbach. So that place had like 27 houses. That's it. That town had 27 houses and that is it. So we went there and then the pinpoint that she sent that was uh, pointing to a bus station there. So we parked there. We, we confused, like what do we do now? So suddenly um, I get a message on my crowdsurfing account from this same woman, from the same host that I believe your friend, Jack, um is uh, has made made a mistake by not being well informed or not traveling prepared or something but i can't help you out uh, i'm in the middle of a surgery right now so i can't talk i can't talk to you i'm a doctor so we're like okay something bad's gonna happen now i don't know what's how gonna happen how did she get your account serving account information that's crazy that's crazy. So she probably saw that I'm one of her, one of this guy's friends on couchsurfing.com. So she found me through that. I'm not sure if she to all of his friends or just me. It was by chance. There no place to stay. It we was snowing really hard also that oh. time. So um, two of the guys in the car, they got out of the car and they knocked on a random house. It was a big mansion there. So a you, random was, house. A random house. Just Just hoping for help. Like either that or we would have to sleep in the car. Like there was, there was no other way. Right. So they, they knocked on that house and uh, two couples came out. And they're like, Yeah, you two guys, we'll host you two guys at our place. And they're like, Cool. So they, they, they gave them a thumbs up in our car and then we jumped out. And then the couples are like, Oh, you are two guys, you're five guys. But since we fed guests, why not? And we we're drunk. So we're yeah. like, Cool. So um, we went in. Um, Literally knocked
1: in a random person's house, they let you in. The five, right. you go into the house to crash in the night.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um it's 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 a beautiful huge house that they had. Um, they took us to the basement where they um, where one of the guys lived. So it was it was their holiday house. So these these four people were Swiss. So every now and then they would uh, come to their holiday house in, Sch- in Schoenenbach in Schonenbach in Germany and stay there and chill out. So um so 200 years ago it was a restaurant apparently. It used to be a restaurant and a bar. So they had all those bar tables. They had those specific beer mugs and those bar t- beer taps and uh, coasters of that specific brand. It was, it was a beautiful place. So they took us to the kitchen first. They showed us the deep freezers and all the place and and the entire the chopping boards or the, the entire kitchen, the slabs and stuff. And then, then they took us to the bar where they made us pour beer in our own mugs and then uh, how to wash beer mugs. They taught us everything. Then we went to the drawing room, uh, the dining room. And we're sitting there with these uh, four amazing people that we're still in touch with. So we talk with them. So we send uh, cards to them on Christmas. Oh, wow. And uh, they, they made a cheese platter for us. They got meats, meat platters, uh, biscuits, beers, uh, more food, breads. So we, we chilled out with them for about four to five hours. Had an amazing time. And then finally went to bed. So they, they arranged uh, for couches for us. They turned on the heating for us and gave us blankets and we slept comfortably and they probably also slept comfortably. Hopefully the next morning we wake up and we can hear some voices outside our door. Yeah. <laughs> now, we senses. now we are scared. Like, are we going to be murdered? And we hope we saw that probably they're also scared. Are they going to be murdered by, by letting five random men into <laughs> the house out of which three look Indian. <laughs> they're like, oh, in
1: the house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So, um, but we, like uh, we we thought, okay, let's, let's try going towards the door. So we went to the door, we interacted with them. They calmed down, we come down and they were the sweetest people. They like, do you guys want breakfast? We're like, sure. Thank you again. So um, at the backyard. So they had about a two acre lawn uh, at the back of the house. So they made a beautiful, um, had, they had a beautiful um, wooden bench and a table there. So we sat there, uh, the four of them and the five of us. And we enjoyed an amazing meal for them. They, they cooked um, amazing breakfast for us, like eggs and omelets and breads and all of that and milk and cereals with a beautiful view. So it's just the house at the back and that that wow. desk, that, that chair and bench and table. And then it's just gardens and the black forest. Wow. Black forest, but the trip doesn't end there. So we like, okay, now what do we do next? So we asked them for suggestions, like, can we go to a mountain or someplace? Can we hide? Can we go deeper into the forest? They're like, sure, let's go to the small city. I don't remember the name of that city. So it's a very, very small town again. And uh, so that that's uh, that place only had a couple of cafes that we went to, uh, really niche cafes and a huge chapel, uh, which had an amazing, large, humongous dome. So that that is apparently the second biggest dome that you find in Europe after the Sistine Chapel in Vatican.
1: Wow! In a small town in the
0: middle of the Black Forest. Yes, yes. Just, just, just in the middle of the, the forest, there's this huge church, and it's beautifully maintained. Um, there's a couple of schools also, which are really um, uh, the, the the luxury private schools for uh, the the a specific set of German uh, families that that live in Germany or across Germany, but then send their children there to study. So now we're sitting at one of the cafes, and we have a beautiful view of the chapel on the right covered by the forest everywhere, the black forest. And then we having black forest cakes there.
1: <laughs> black forest cakes in black forest with a great yeah.
0: view. Wow. The black forest cakes that you have there, then they're, then they're, they're what? They're nowhere close to what you find here in India, right? So it's, it's it has um, a certain cherry liquor in it. And then then a whole um, confiture of cherry on, cherry on the top. Beautiful stuff. From there we went for, uh, we just started climbing. So we saw a mountain, mountainous area and we started climbing that area. Suddenly we hit snow. And then we're climbing on the snow and we, we end up um, going reaching uh to one of the peaks which was um, the basis for a ski camp there wow so we didn't go through the ski camp we took some random route and ended up being there at the <laughs> ski camp so those ski camp people were amazing people also to let us in even though we sort of trespassed into their property but then we chilled there had a couple of coffees and then that's where the journey. And so we, then we left and we went, drove back to Falinda city.
1: And then That's I remember you saying that the ski camp people, you didn't have to walk all the way back. They were so kind. You you took the ski lift and came the, back. The, right?
0: the, uh, the, yes. Yeah. To go you back. got
1: to the car and you were back. Yes. This is a three day trip. Three day trip. Folks, what a story. What a trip. Starts off with no plan and down the line, you end up sleeping at a random person's house. This creepy lady knows that you're in town with your friend and sends you a pin location and <laughs> she's nowhere to be found yes. you have a view with a uh, of the black forest while eating black forest cake uh, fed lunches and dinners yes. and then uh, end up at the ski camp trespassing and meet a random friend <laughs> an acquaintance <laughs> yes. who gives you shelter
0: right so, uh,
1: the world is a beautiful place and really the world oh is full God. of amazing people if someone right. were to hear this story they would know that you know it's 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 how you're aligned. If you're aligned well and you're going with the flow of life with happiness in your heart, you right. can like all these situations will unfold. What a crazy, happy-go-lucky story, bro! Yes. Well, what is I mean, your story? I get
0: goosebumps when I, when I think about the story. Like it's such a such a beautiful thing that happened to us, and that that opened us to to travel more. Like that wanted to make us want to travel more, go out and meet people, and let invite people at our places also through couch surfing or Airbnb or whatever. And it opens up, opens up a lot of opportunities and gates for you.
1: Wow. Ayush bro, what a story of travel. <sighs> Amazing. Bro, it was it was so good to discuss with you about business, about spices, about tea and then your traveling experience. Um some cool tips that I learned was changing the language of your phone and yes. having faith when you're traveling in people.
0: That's a very good takeaway, yes.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Anything else that you would like to say at the end?
0: Uh not really. Like it's it's amazing uh, to to be a part of this interview. Like it it made me relive all of those things that I've done and all of those things uh, that went well uh, by luck. So it's 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 uh, it's just it's just great to reminisce about about, about the past and uh, having to discuss about that and um, sharing the story with you and your uh, and your guests uh, on your platform.
1: Thank you, Aish bro. Folks, check. His website out, Tasyam, and his brand. If you want to look for premium, top quality spices, tea blends. And of course, it was great to have you on the show, Ayush. Thank you so much for sharing so much insight, brother.